Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Hello, friends and listeners. I hope that you are doing well ensconced, if you can be, if you're not an essential worker, ensconced in your uh, home office or or home uh, office corner of the kitchen, whatever the case may be. Uh, as a uh, working from home veteran, I, I sympathize with the shock of initially finding yourself uh, uh, displaced, uh, remote, uh, and um, uh, trying to navigate a, a new dynamic. Um, but uh, what I wanted to talk about today um, are three keys for uh, compliance in the age of coronavirus. Uh, and these are kind of broad uh, pieces. And I think uh, obviously as this uh, pandemic and the associated economic and uh, managerial and strategic consequences of it uh, continue to unfold over the coming months and perhaps years, uh, we'll have plenty more time to talk about this. But three things strike me. Uh, right off, and 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 they really build upon. Uh, as I mentioned, I I myself have uh, been working remotely for about a decade, um, and during that time, uh, there was a period of time when I worked for NYSE Governance Services that I actually supervised a team of fourteen individuals. So I've supervised uh, 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 people from uh, a distance in a remote capacity, and I've worked with clients. Uh, uh, from you know just about any industry you can name, with uh, you know cl- some clients with hundreds of thousands of employees and some clients with not so many employees, um, and lots of different logistical and technical challenges that go uh, with this. So I have some perspective on remote working um, that uh, I haven't just gained in the last couple of weeks, but I've, I've had it for a while. And I think there are, are three key things that you want to re- reinforce right off the top with regards to compliance. Um, and your role uh, being responsible for compliance at your organization. Uh, and the first and most important thing, and this uh, it seems like a no-brainer, but it, it may not be, is that the rules still apply. Now, obviously, there are some technical and uh, uh, logistical uh, aspects of certain responsibilities and job tasks and roles that can't be completed remotely. But for the most part, uh, you know, if we take our code of conduct, for example, there's probably nothing in a typical code of conduct that should or could be waived uh, just because the workforce is remote. Those concepts uh, that, are, that are ensconced in our code of conduct and our main uh, policies uh, for that, that, we're re- that we're responsible for as compliance officers re- remain the same. The expectations remain the same. And I think it's important to reinforce that message that uh, not everything is out the window now. We expect people to continue to be respectful. We, ca- we expect people to continue uh, to uh, uh, treat each other fairly. Uh, we expect people to still uh, uh, abide by conflicts of interest rules, for example. You know, every, Anything that might be in a code of conduct or be in our uh, main policies uh, except if it's logistically impossible, physically impossible to do, we would expect our employees to continue to do that. 
a very specific example is uh, one thing that gets conflated and it becomes a problem sometimes when people become remote workers is the and this is not just in the context of compliance and, and respect but but just generally you get this closer merging of your personal life and your professional life and that might also include a closer merging of your personal and professional communications uh, social media for example uh, and and the way that uh, uh, individual employees might communicate on social media with their friends and buddies and the way we expect them to professionally communicate with their uh, co-workers and customers and partners uh, it, this uh, uh, division if you will that wall between professional uh, communication and personal communication gets blurred uh, very easily sometimes when people are working uh, from the same room on the same device same computer uh, same space both you know literal and figurative figuratively uh, that, that that is their personal and professional space those lines get blurred and so it's really really important probably the most important thing that a compliance officer or an ethics officer uh, can communicate is that our rules still apply uh, it's important to have a, a, a process, a schedule, a, 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 a routine and a regimen uh, when if you're going to effectively work remotely. And that is easier for some people than others. Uh, and then we also have to have that division. You know, uh, I always uh, think of uh, whenever in, in, a, in a, um, a movie or, or a television show that's about acting or actors, uh, you see sometimes where they'll, uh, they'll take a breath and they'll go scene, you know, and then they'll go, they'll come back into their, into their, their, their real life from the character that they were playing. Well, there's got to be a division like that uh, for, for work as well. You have your professional and you have your personal. And those lines are blurred more now, particularly for the workforces that are working remotely, which is a lot of people out there, than they have been ever, at least in, in modern times. And so we really need to reinforce that notion that our code of conduct, uh, our esprit de corps, <laughs> our expectations, our values as an organization remain. The expectations for behavior remain. And we need to uh, make sure that we're mindful of that. A second piece uh, is communications are now more important than ever. Uh, it's, uh, I think what I've heard uh, from some folks, I, I have uh, I do some work with some of the larger training organizations out there, and so I have some insight as to what's going on with clients and training. And I know that some uh, corporations have taken this opportunity to say, "Oh, well, now this is a perfect opportunity for us to load people down with uh, online training." I don't know how effective that is. I don't think it's any more effective when people are trapped in their homes than when they're trapped in their offices. <laughs> to uh, go through hours and hours of online training. I don't think that's an effective use of uh, your contact with people about compliance and ethics at this point. I think what you want to do is maintain a typical training schedule that you would anyway. I wouldn't just load everybody up with training right now with the assumption that somehow they have time to do it. Uh, number one, even if their workload is reduced uh, because things are slowing down and, and parts of oper operations are shutting down. Uh, remember that people now have, uh, again, that division between their personal and professional has broken down if they're working remotely. And, they and they're now also, many of them, including myself, have become 
elementary school teachers or teachers aides, I think is probably more uh, more accurate. We're really not <laughs> qualified to be teachers, but we're certainly teachers aides now for uh, as many children as you happen to have in your home. I have three uh, that that are there. Luckily, I have uh, uh, a, a very capable wife who's handling most of the load there, as she does with many things. Uh, but but remember, uh, you just can't throw a bunch of online training on people at this point. I think that's a mistake. And I've heard a little bit of that, a little noise around that. It's like, oh, this is a great opportunity to just get all this training out of the way. That's not effective. Number one, people are going to resent it. Uh, number two, I don't know what they're going to get out of it if you get out of it if you just load them down with training. We've known for years now that the that the idea of doing sixty minute you know segments of training is going away. The expectation is that people do training more frequently, perhaps, but but shorter um, shorter duration uh, on on uh, risk topics. And to now all of a sudden uh, go back to the sort of the old dynamic of here's three hours of online training that you need to complete in the next month. Uh, I don't, number one, I don't think that if that training is going to be very effective. And number two, you're making a lot of assumptions about time uh, that may not be accurate. But what you can do, and what I would suggest you do, and as my second tip here, is really focus on informal communications around compliance issues. We've talked about informal communication before, and I'm going to be talking about it more in the coming weeks and months because uh, Morehead Compliance Consulting is going to be putting together uh, some off-the-shelf uh, risk topic communication materials. Uh, I think this is going to be really helpful for organizations that are trying to ramp back up uh, here in, in, in the back half of the year and perhaps don't have a lot of the resources to, 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 to do that. Um, I think that that could be helpful, but but for now, uh, communication can be really relatively simple. It could be a uh, a short message uh, from you or from the CEO or from some other uh, executives in the organization. Uh, it could be a short um, uh, video recorded on Zoom or, or some other platform that you now are becoming familiar with, uh, a, a, talking about a particular topic. And these don't need to be particularly long messages. I think uh, uh, for short communication, we're talking about three to five minutes at the most for a video or a, or a short podcast. And we're talking about posters. We're talking about a couple page manager guides or manager toolkits, as they're sometimes called, uh, a PowerPoint slide that can be disseminated to managers so that they have talking points when they're on their Zoom uh, uh, regular uh, uh, meetings with their um, reports that they can relate those those topics to. It's the perfect time not to load people down with uh, more and more online training that is probably not going to be that effective at this point, uh, but to hit them with a short burst uh, communication on particular topics of note. And I would focus on some basic things right now. I would focus on harassment and uh, respect. I would focus on um, uh, uh, proper use of corporate assets because now we're really commingling in a way, uh, particularly with electronic resources that you know we pro most organizations probably have never done before. And you've probably got a lot of people now that have set up new systems, new VPNs, new uh, new uh, ways to connect to your network. Uh, so data security, data privacy. Uh, you know, I mentioned Zoom a couple of times already. You know, there's been a lot in the in the uh, newspapers about. Uh, uh, and uh, in media about uh, data security around this new dynamic that's that's popped up in the last couple of weeks, 
and that's something to consider as well. Uh, so data security, uh, confidentiality, uh, respect uh, issues, including harassment and uh, you know proper um, uh, proper professional behavior. Um, these are all topics that I think are prescient right now and could be part of a short communication burst that you can do. Um, and that's something that you can, again, disseminate uh, through the, the management of the organization and have the managers cascade. I think that's important. Uh, and then the last thing I would say, which is really related to the first two and anything else that you have on the agenda, and that is connect. Don't recede into the background just because uh, everybody is remote, and particularly if you your role in the past had you traveling uh, and uh, meeting people one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, or, or in groups uh, of physically being present and now you're not, uh, that doesn't mean that you cannot be effective and you cannot be involved. Uh, you need to get yourself out there, whether that's through comms, uh, as I was just talking about, whether that's through promoting the concept that the rules still apply and we still have a compliance program and people should still be speaking up and asking questions and reporting concerns. So getting that message out, whatever it might be, connect, get out there, be out there, be involved. I think that's really important right now. Uh, you don't want to fade into the woodwork and, and uh, uh, that's something that can can easily happen in a remote situation. Uh, what studies have shown over year over the years about remote working situations, and I think this is going to be borne out um, in in a big way uh, based on the experiences where many of us are having uh, here in North America and worldwide in the last few weeks, and and probably for the few weeks at least to come, maybe months to come, is that uh, generally speaking. Uh, on, on average, people are more productive when they work remotely. Uh, that has that been borne out um, by, by studies in the past. I think that we're probably still going to see that, although I think the people that uh, are more effective at working remotely and have been able to, to do that for a long time, um, you know, there's certainly some characteristics to both the person and the work that make remote working more uh, effective. There are certainly some jobs that just it just just doesn't make sense uh, for, um, but uh, but generally speaking, people are more um, more effective at their job uh, and more productive. Where the problems lie, and this is particularly troublesome for compliance and um, related uh, uh, related parts of organizations that really need to monitor, is that collaboration. And connection uh, are a problem, and they're a problem for obvious reasons because we're not together. Um, you know, having platforms where you can frequently talk to both individuals and groups, whether that's uh, uh, teleconferencing or having some sort of live chat uh, apparatus or just having regular touch points, that can be really important. Uh, when I was managing a team, we had uh, regularly scheduled meetings, um, and uh, and then I had individual meetings, uh, and I tried to keep that cadence up uh, no matter what, no matter what was going on, no matter how busy we were, uh, to have those connections just so people could talk to each other, hear each other's voice, uh, and try to get a read. It's not perfect, and the one thing about remote working uh, that I think will be borne out by this experience and it has been borne out by the um, uh, studies of remote workers in the past is that collaboration aspect 
that connection, that network, it, it is it is not as effective. And it, and and it, even with the aid of technology, which helps a lot, uh, it, that is still going to be uh, a, a difficult hurdle to overcome. So how do you do that? Again, I think the key the key for compliance is 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 having the contacts you can have, getting the message out talking to as many people as you can, being on as many of these meetings as you can get yourself onto. Um, you know, in the best of times, it is difficult to get, for instance, sales managers to let compliance officers come on and talk to the sales team. In the best of times, it can be difficult to get uh, senior managers to let you talk to the management team uh, on a regular basis. For, in some organizations, in some organizations, it's not a problem. So I understand that those 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 uh, those asks are even harder now uh, than they would be normally. But uh, that's you know that's what you can offer, and it doesn't cost anything other than your time and a little bit of time on their on their call or meeting at a regular meeting. And so so you're not asking for budget. You're not asking for them to pay for a tool or to buy some online training. And I think this is something that you can carry through even as we come out of this current crisis. As I said, I, I think uh, I'm going to be focusing on as a provider, and I think uh, individual organizations ought to be focusing on um, short communications, uh, getting the word out, keeping these concepts in front of people without uh, having to break the budget to you know build a new online training or uh, buy a tool because um, that's going to be hard to do here. When we come out of the back end of this, there's not going to be budget. We know there, there's already not been budget for, for compliance in most organizations. Let's just be frank. Let's just be frank. This is an underfunded part of the vast majority of organizations. Now, some publicly traded companies, larger companies, companies that have been in trouble, <laughs> those companies do spend on compliance and have in the past and maybe will in the future because they've learned their lesson. But the vast majority of organizations have never been in trouble. The vast majority of organizations out there uh, still, particularly when we're talking about uh, the small and medium-sized uh, organizations that are under the most stress right now, do not have a, a significant compliance program or, or presence around compliance and ethics to begin with. The easiest way to change that for those organizations and the easiest way to maintain some discussion, some uh, 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 some experience and expectation around compliance and ethics is to communicate about it, is to have regular communications. And I'm going to, as I said, in the coming weeks and months, I'm going to be talking more about this because I'm putting together uh, some materials on this. And so I'll discuss it as I go along, what my thinking and my team's thinking is in putting those materials together and what would make it effective uh, and and uh, resource uh, um light, uh, a non-resource in, uh, intensive uh, uh, compliance effort, because that's, I, I mean, let's just be honest, that's what people are going to need uh, once we come out of the back end of this, because there's not going to be budget there, but you're still going to have the responsibilities, so you have to do something, and I think communications is, is the key piece of that now, as we're going through this, and when we come out the back end. But anyway, uh, I appreciate you uh, sticking with me, and I appreciate you listening to the podcast. As always, if you have questions, uh, if you have concerns uh, that you think uh, we ought to be addressing on the podcast um, uh, or anything else you'd like to talk to us about, you can reach us at compliancebeat.com 
or moreheadconsulting.com, or you can email me directly anytime at eric at moreheadconsulting.com. Uh, assuming it doesn't go into the spam folder and I miss it, I will uh, respond. I do uh, love to hear from listeners. So let me know if you have questions. Uh, but until next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.